Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? De Niro will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Richard Metcalf. Richard is an executive coach and leadership consultant to exceptional founders and CEOs and their leadership teams. His clients are elite performers who've already achieved incredible things and still have the ambition to 10x their impact and influence and achieve something that seems impossible right now. That can involve one-on-one coaching, taking the leadership team to the next level, or scaling high-performance culture throughout the business. Today, we'll talk about the four main areas that remote CEOs need to focus on if they want to become more productive and enjoy sustainable growth. Let's get right into it. All right, Richard, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, man. It's a real pleasure. Um, Like I said, we're going to be talking about anything uh, and everything remote team building and remote business building. And I know that you've worked with a lot of remote businesses in the past, and you have extensive experience in in coaching uh, CEOs and business owners in, in this field. So Looking at a bird's eye view in the past years and everything that you've done and you've discovered, uh, what could be four or five different areas that you find recurring uh, when you work with uh, remote business owners? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. So the way I guess I see it is I spend a lot of my time um, working with CEOs in technology businesses, CEOs and other senior execs. So whether they're small or large, you know, some of my clients are multi-billion clients, some of them are startups, right? But they've often got distributed teams, virtual teams, right? Perhaps around the world on different time zones. And I see two things that show up, I suppose. The first is that the leaders themselves are often feeling incredibly overwhelmed and busy. And the second one is that they see the same thing in their teams. Like everybody's busy, everyone's um, got so much on. And I think especially when you're remote, you know, plugged in permanently, if you like, to the internet, we live in this world of infinity, right? There's an infinity of emails and messages waiting for us. I mean, it's infinite, infinite because the more you reply to them, the more come in, right? So it never stops. We've got an infinite uh, amount of people we can network with on LinkedIn or social media. There's an infinite amount of content we can consume on podcasts and videos and blogs and everything else. So we are, there's, everything is coming at us and we cannot get through it all. And so this kind of shows up both on the life of the individual leader who just feel there's so much going on. I've got to like press on and press through, um, but also in the life of the team, that everybody feels this pressure and there's always more that can be done. And so I suppose the way I see it is that there is a seeding of complexity that most of us hit when there are no more hours in the day. We've hit the accelerator and 
we've got some gains, but now we've actually maxed out. And so when I'm working with my clients, yeah, we might be working on all sorts of things, strategy, team development, all these things. Often the first thing that they need to really deal with is this sense of overwhelm and this sense of being in the weeds. And so um, I think there are perhaps four shifts that I often work with them on before, if you like, we get to anything else. And perhaps I could just run through what those four would be. If, Absolutely, if 100%. That would be awesome. Okay, so I'll give you the high-level messages, and then we can perhaps dive into them. I can tell you some stories about some of these, but let's perhaps get them all on the table. The first one is uh, stop trying to free up time. Okay, stop trying to free up time. Okay. Um, and this sounds counterintuitive because most people say, look, I need to free up time. That's the whole point. Well, um, the reason why you need to stop freeing up time is that the more you free up, the more stuff comes back in because we're fighting infinity. And therefore, the, the shift that has to happen is you need to know what you want to free up time for. Okay. Do you know yes. what you need to free up time for? And when you identify those real high-value tasks, the high-value activities that are going to make all the difference, then you know what you're focusing your time on. I said I wasn't going to give you a story, but this is just a really quick one. One of my uh, podcasts, I have a podcast called The Impact Multiplier CEO. And uh, one of the guests on that show explained to me how he um, became a master in delegation overnight. Very simply, his wife was ill in hospital. Mm -hmm. So he handed everything off because he had a high value task, right? He had to be there yes. for his wife. So boom, he was freed up. So this is why I say, don't try to free up time from other things. Decide what it is that really deserves your time and orientate your life around that. That's the first shift. Awesome. The second Should one? Keep... Yeah, let me go. Okay, so the second one is to uh, actually examine your beliefs and, uh, and uh, self-identity first. Most people go, you know, I'm too busy. I need, like, I need a new team member. I need to, like, um, I need a productivity hack. I need to perhaps... Um, learn how to use my Gmail better. Uh, I need to get more organized. All these things kind of come up. And there's some value, of course, in all of that. But before we get to that, we need to have a mindset shift to, because we're actually doing what we believe is important and necessary and desirable at any one time. And so we have a, we're telling ourselves a story about what we need to do to make this business grow, what we need to put our time and, and all the stuff that we feel we have to do ourselves, all the rest of it. And it's, it's not the external world that is imposing things on us. It's the stories that we're telling ourselves. We can perhaps go a bit more into that, but I think it's really important. We often decide we're gonna to start to work on the things, the outside issues that we can see, but often it's actually the way we look at where we're looking at things, where we yeah. get the insights. I'm sure you've, you've seen this a lot in your own A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. And um, let's go on to, uh, let's go to the third one. And then I do have some follow-up questions for all these points. Definitely. But uh, what's the sure. third shift? Yeah. The third shift is to focus on acceleration instead of speed. Okay. So when you're working with your team uh, or in your business in general, there's always a choice. You can go fast or you can build momentum. Okay, and yeah. most of us, we, we're so used to going fast. It's just quicker to do it ourselves. It's quicker to solve the problem. It's quicker to just do it. The problem is we just become the bottleneck and we, we get locked into using our time, doing the tasks, and we're not investing our time 
in building systems and processes and yes. uh, increasing capability, uh, training our team. We're not investing the time. So we get locked into, I call it uh, OPEX, right? It's like um, financial experts will know this, right? You've got OPEX and CAPEX. OPEX is what keeps the, the money you spend to keep the lights on every day. Uh, yep. And CAPEX are the investments that you make to make everything better in the future. As, yep. a, as a friend of mine says, you know, OPEX is when you're, um, I think she went to Africa and she said, you know, she saw people carrying water backwards and forwards from the well to the village. And like that's yeah. OPEX. You'd have to do it every day. Whereas CAPEX, you know, investing your time means, you know, build a pipeline, <laughs> right? Build the pipeline once and then you never have to worry about doing that hour walk yeah. every day. Yes. And so we need to be focusing on acceleration and not just speed. Makes that's sense. the third shift. So the, that's that's very interesting. Do you have follow up questions? But like I said, let's go through the four shifts first, and then we're gonna yeah, go. Yeah, let's get the fourth one. one. Yeah, yeah, let's get the fourth one on the table. Okay, fine. And the last one's really important um, because improving, getting ourselves out of the weeds uh, and into this strategic activity. Um, and I've seen it so much. I was a strategy consultant for many years. I have a strategic brain, and I just see so many people you know, and many clients and companies, they find it hard to make this shift into strategic activity and they keep getting pulled down. Even if they've made their plans, um, they know what they need to do. They know why they should do it. They just can't do it. And the reason is often because they haven't worked the room. So shift four is work the room. Work the room means identify um, Mm -hmm. the people that are going to be impacted by whatever change in behavior you need and go and create an agreement with them. You know what it's like if you try to, um, I don't know, lose a few pounds of weight or take off a new exercise regime or make any change in your own life. The people that actually, the, the hardest thing is actually negotiating with your own family normally about it, you know, because you yeah. want to like skip the desserts uh, and go easy on the alcohol for a month or whatever. And your family are like, oh, stop being such a downer. You know, we want the ice cream tonight. You know, you, you can play, you know, and, and there's this this this, ten, this tension or, oh, you're not going running again. There's some housework to be doing. You've got to look after the kids or whatever. And so unless you've created an agreement up front to say, hey, you know, is it okay if I go running? If so, what's the most convenient time? Do I do it in the morning or the evening? Okay, let's agree that we do it on, you know, I, I do it in the morning at six o'clock in the morning. Okay, fine. If you haven't done that agreement, it's always hard work and people around us are actually stopping us or actually slowing us down and making it, making it a hard, hard work. So the fourth shift is to work the room. You need to build those agreements and have the, perhaps sometimes slightly uncomfortable conversations with people about how you need to reuse your time in different ways. Oh, 100%. There's all great stuff. Um, and I definitely, again, I have lots of follow-up questions regarding this, but I want to talk about your experience. I didn't ask you at the very beginning because I was very excited to understand uh, your work and, and your approach to, to this type of coaching. But uh, can you tell us a bit more about your business and how you've implemented uh, these shifts with your current clients and the difference that it's made in their lives and businesses? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, my background, I guess, in um, just four really four bullet points. It might be five. Let's see. We we'll go for four. <laughs> so, um, so I grew up in the UK. Uh, I studied at Oxford University. I went into strategy consulting from that. Moved to France for a year. I moved to Paris for one year. Twenty years later, I'm still here with a bi-national family. Um, <laughs> 
I became partner in that strategy consulting company, moved to Cisco, big tech tech um, systems company, uh, and did a lot of work there on um, on catalyzing new business partnerships and this kind of thing. And uh, the last role there was a small team set up by the CEO of Cisco to really help bring companies that weren't working particularly well together, or like who were, no, who were doing a transactional interaction around product, mm-hmm. do something new, do something that's innovative and transformational with each other, create a new product or an ecosystem. And so it was in this world that I was really exposed to how do you create influence when you have really no hierarchical control because they're not even people in your organization or they're across this many thousand strong team in Cisco that again I did not have direct uh, management authority over and so this was a fascinating role but then uh, after a while I decided that what I really wanted to do was to help smart uh, ambitious purposeful leaders multiply their own impact and get really strategic about what is it about the way I'm operating that's holding me back so that's a real you know, one minute kind of just potted bio. But the reason I tell it is that you can hear though this whole strategic thinking, you know, even when I was at university, I got great grades, but because I was always trying to figure out how to achieve the most with the least work. And I suppose this kind of strategic laziness I, I, has always been there in my life. <laughs> I think I think what makes great entrepreneurs, but great uh, uh, pro- productive wizards in general is their inherent laziness in a way that it's not laziness because we don't want to achieve things, but it's because we want to achieve things in in the least amount of uh, either time or effort as possible. And that's what really allows people to to create amazing businesses, amazing companies with only 24 hours in a day, like anyone else has. Like anybody else. Exactly. So Richard, let's get into, you know, everything that you've talked about really, you know, strike the chord inside. But one thing that I want to start, uh, you know, diving in deep is the work the room part. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that there's maybe some stories that you can share with us about that uh, and how you can apply it in a, you know, tangible way in your business um, and what kind of results people can expect. Yeah. So let's, um, let me do it. And let me just give it, um, it's a good story that's uh, got a couple of these aspects baked into actually. So you might enjoy this one. I was working with a, actually as a chief human resources officer of a really large uh, company, had about 7,000 employees. Um, and he'd just been promoted to the C-suite. And I'd already worked with the CEO. As, in fact, I still work with the CEO on various issues, helping him think strategically about all his challenges and he asked me you know would you like to work with my CHRO human resources director as he kind of becomes a C-suite exec he was just underneath until now and we've decided that it's important to have HR at, at the top table so but he probably needs a bit of help to think strategically and really be less operational mm-hmm. and think bigger and everything else and that's kind of my sweet spot I love helping people kind of level up in terms of uh, making a bigger impact and so we started to work together and um, we identified a couple of really big transformational projects, which were going to change this company's trajectory, like change the workforce experience, modernize the way it was going to work. And it had never been done before in this business. It's a very distributed business that, and they never rolled out something in this way globally across the organization. And it, he was starting to get real good traction on this. People were excited. He was excited. And then he came to me a few weeks later saying, you know, Richard, um, I'm just spending so much time in my email. I'm not 
I'm not making enough progress on all these other things. So we started to scratch the surface. Um, he said, you know, he actually asked me, can you give me a tip? And I always know when clients ask me for tip, that's not what they need, but it's what they think they need. So I, I kind of pushed back a bit and I was, you know, getting into well, what's going on. And he explained that, you know, he would often get to inbox zero every day because he wanted to be responsive and he wanted to be um, a good team player. He didn't want to be that guy that everybody was waiting on all the time. Um, that you had to hassle yeah. and remind mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to follow up on things. So he wanted to be reliable and trustworthy. So I stopped him and said, okay, at this point, nothing I can tell you is going to change your situation. And he was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you just told me that you responding to your, e your emails really quickly and getting to inbox zero and, and everything else is because you want to be a team player. You want to be reliable and trustworthy and responsive. And he was like, yeah, that's right. So I said, well, if I tell you something which is going to make you not a team player, unreliable, unresponsive, and untrustworthy, you're not going to do it, are you? That's not the kind of person that you are. And he looked and thought, well, yeah, you're right. So I said, okay, well, tell me, um, what does your CEO want from you? Well, if he was in the room, what would he be asking you for? Oh, well, he'd be asking me to deliver this transformational project. Got it. Well, what about, um, what about your... Um, what are the clients? What would they want? Well, yeah, if we improve the employee experience, then employees are going to have much more time to work on the clients. So if they could talk to me, they'd probably say, yeah, did the same thing. Okay, what about the shareholders? Oh, well, yeah, this is going to make a big difference. We're going to streamline costs. We're going to increase the growth of the business. Okay, perfect. So they want you to do the projects as well. Yeah, okay. And uh, what about your team? What about the actual employees? Oh, yeah, well, they're desperate for it. They're so fed up of these old systems, the legacy systems that don't talk to each other, that are complicated to use. So like, okay, what you're telling me then is that everyone wants you to work on these transformational projects. Yeah, I guess, that's right. Right, so let me put it to you, right? I said. I said, let me put it to you that it's actually when you are doing your emails, you're actually being unreliable, untrustworthy, unresponsive, and not a team player because you're not doing what everybody wants you to do and why you're being paid the big bucks, quite frankly. And at that point, he got it. He didn't need all the... <laughs> He didn't need tips and tricks about how to manage his inbox. He just suddenly realized his identity was, yeah, he was the person driving this transformational initiative. That was far more important than all the people pleasing that he was wanting to do. And so that's this mindset shift, right, that happened. And let's say mindset shift, what I love and why I love coaching around insight is that it can happen in a moment. You see the world in a different way and whole possibilities open up. Yep. But it's not enough, okay? It's not enough because um, we haven't dealt with this issue of working the room. So at this point, he's got it. But I then said, okay, so now what's the conversation you need to have? Who do you need to go and talk to? What's the signature you need to put on your email? Who are the people who need to know mm -hmm. that you're not going to reply to them within the hour? Well, I suppose I need to talk to my boss, I need to talk to the CEO. Yeah, right. So you need to build an agreement with him. Perhaps he, perhaps he's okay with it. You know, perhaps he'll say, absolutely, you get on with it. I, my emails aren't urgent. Or well, if I've got an urgent thing, you know, could you, I'll give, you know, how do I get in touch with you? And you could perhaps negotiate, you'll give him a call or you'll, um, yeah, there'll, there'll be some 
there'll be some way that you can, uh, he can signal to you that it's urgent. He can send a message on a different channel. He can send you a text and then you can give him a call back. So you can agree with him how he gets what he wants, which is responsiveness when he needs it. And you get what you want, which is not being distracted at random moments for things that are not urgent. And then you yes. might want to think about your executives, your, your people in your team. How do your team, what do you, what do you need to negotiate with your team? And you go through a few of the key stakeholders, the ones above you, the ones across, the ones down. And, um, and when you figure out the, that, those conversations you have to have, then suddenly you've got a roadmap for a completely different future. And this is what he found. He found that you know, it was one conversation with his boss, which suddenly became very clear, and he could move forward. It was something else he had, to, a few other conversations he had to have, and then everything, everybody else, he just put something on his email signature to let people know that they should perhaps, they shouldn't get worry if he doesn't reply as often as he used to, because he's got some really important projects that he's having to focus on right now. And so I suppose that is a great, that story I think brings together this, these two points, right? Examine your beliefs first, because it's actually the identity that was the yes. key here, but then work the room, have the conversations. Wow, this is this this story really encompassed. I feel like yeah, more than one shift, and it's really important for for the listeners at home to really understand uh, the key element here, which was not to reinvent the wheel, but to really look deep down into what you're doing on a daily basis. Uh, because I feel like some people, like you said, they wake up in the morning, they go through the motions, like. This, uh, this CHRL wanted to make sure to answer all emails because that's what he learned that he had to do. But in reality, while he was doing that, he was not holding himself accountable to his higher standards, to his higher purpose, which was to, to roll out this new program. Um, and so our listeners at home all have businesses. They're all trying to scale a business and they have so many different tasks. And this actually takes me into the next step and your next shift here. Uh, stop trying to free up time. Everybody has an inbox full of emails. I myself have on my Todoist, on my productivity app, I have the inbox zero every week. I have to go through it and whatnot. But I always leave it as one of the one of the late, latest things that I have to do throughout the week because I know that unless it's a very urgent email, which I can just scan through and see, but everything else can wait at least a day, if not two sometimes, or sometimes mm -hmm. doesn't even need to be replied really. Uh, so can you give us a couple of tips and in, in story, maybe if you have one, of how a remote CEO can be ruthless with their schedule and only schedule those, you know, 20% of the activities that yield 80% of the results. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Um, so, well, there's, I mean, there's actually a whole process um, <laughs> actually in many ways. There's a whole process, but I suppose um, where I would want to be, oh, I'd want to start is to get clear about your High value activities, and I want to say there are three of them normally, getting down to three, uh, and your number one improvement project. So your high value activities are, they're things where you're absolutely brilliant at them. They add a lot of value. No one can do them 
you know, you do it way better than everybody else, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you like, and you find it endlessly fascinating and motivating, you can keep doing it forever. You know, you can, you you have a real energy to learn and develop around that. So those three high value activities. So one of my clients, you know, it was, I might forget them all now, but it was, you know, dealing with the, the shareholders. Um, it was casting vision. Um, and it was championing the broader mission um, of impact that he wanted his company to have. For example, he said, if I'm in those three areas, I love it. I'm amazing at it. And that's where I'm doing it. Of course, he then realized he had all this other stuff on his diary as well. So the first thing is to understand that. You know, in my own life, I have three things, right? I've got it written down right in front of me. That's always visible. It's creating content because I know um, I've got lots of ideas and stories and everything else. And I, I love getting that out there. So creating content, uh, connecting with high-level leaders, um, mm-hmm. meeting up with uh, CEOs and, and, and senior execs uh, of all sorts, um, and then kind of working with them, coaching them, right? Those are my three things. If I could just get down into those three things, I know that everything else is going to go well. And then that's your high-value activities. And they normally form a bit of a, a virtuous circle, right? You do those three things and they all build on each other and it's great. The And then there's one improvement project. So what's the one thing that what's the one way place you want to invest your own time to make everything easier next quarter yes okay so what's the one thing that you what's the one pain point what's the one thing slowing you down what's the least valuable use of your time what's the thing where you are spinning your wheels or that you know where, where you are kind of on the incremental path and you need to break out um and really focusing in on that to say that's the one thing that improvement project normally normally no one's asking you to do it it's something that you no one's going to ask you to do it because they they just want you to keep doing what you're doing normally right the improvement project is you going how am i going to get better at getting better what's the capability i need to build so i guess in your world at some point you said i'm going to launch a podcast right that would that have been like an improvement project if i do that that's going to make a lot of other things easier my visibility my brand or whatever right so you you created that another time it might be you know i need to hire an assistant because i'm doing too much of this other stuff so my one improvement project for this month is to hire train on board and hand over things to an assistant makes everything easier next month and i think if you've got clear about your three high value activities which is really your destination like that's where you're that's that's your own personal vision if i can just get into a space where I'm doing those three things, it's going to be amazing. And then you've got your improvement project, which is the very next thing that you're working on to make that a reality. That makes so much sense. And I think right now we covered almost all four shifts ability because we did just speak about even acceleration, which is something that a lot of people don't really take care of. Um, because when you think about those those high value, uh, higher value tasks uh, that we were talking about earlier, which by the way are very, very, very similar, if not identical to mine, the creating content is a huge part. The networking mm-hmm. with 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 uh, bigger leader, big, big leaders in the industry, and of course the coaching part is integral part to my business, and everything else is already. Uh, taking care of either automated or delegated to my staff members or to software. 
Uh, but you know, those three things that you just talked about, like you said, they don't really make your life easier down the road. They keep the machine running effective and grow, but it's not going to help you, you know, optimize, so to speak, the systems in your business. The thing that comes to mind, for example, is the employee, uh, the, 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 the CEO that, uh, the remote CEO, the business owner that starts, uh, with, um, maybe messaging their staff members on WhatsApp because it's easy. Uh, everybody's on WhatsApp already. But then as the business grows, we need you know software, we need things and systems to keep everybody accountable. And so instead of going uh, out of their way to build maybe a Trello board or, a pro- or another use another productivity tool to make sure that everybody mm-hmm. converges on, on that software, they try to say, you know what, it's not urgent now, it's not urgent, but I believe that as you scale your business, those problems that initially are very small are going to be magnified, right? And then, you know, go, I always tell my clients, go and try and build a system when you have a team of like 20, 30, 40 people. It's going to be so much harder to get everyone on the same page. It's always better to start early in the process and make sure that everybody agrees with you, which actually ties in into the work, the room part and negotiating mm. your agreements early in the stage of, of, of the business so that everybody has the same expectations about the tools that right. they're supposed to use and whatnot. Um, Richard, I had an amazing conversation with you today and you talked about your podcast, but I'm sure that my listeners will want to know more about what you do, your great work that you do and to read about or read or watch the content or listen to content that you just talked about that you like to create. Uh, So where can people find you online? So obviously first thing is people can always look me up on LinkedIn. Always happy to connect there. Just say where you found me. So I know you're um, not just a random person trying to sell me something on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the podcast is called the Impact Multiplier CEO. I share some of my own content, but I also interview other other business leaders. And, um, and that's really, really fascinating people. Um, so that might be of interest. And then I guess the one thing that might be relevant if people like this content is I have a... Um, a, a, a small email course, it's just a short email course called Freeing Yourself Up for Strategic Activity. And it's mm. really focused for people who are in executive roles. Um, you can find that um, at x, xquadrant.com, it's my, which is my business, slash go, slash productivity. Uh, awesome. and, and that's just a very short course. But again, it's trying to offer you some different perspectives that change the way you think about your use of time and how to free yourself up. Absolutely. And of course, we'll have all this information for for the listeners uh, right now. We'll have all this information in the show notes. So again, Richard, thanks a lot for being on the show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the near future and uh, enjoy the rest of the day in the meantime. Many thanks. It's been a lot of fun. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.